0: I think he's
1: trash.
2: (laughs) Well, hey, listen, welcome back to another episode of the Fellas 5 podcast. We hope you had a great week. Um, Today, we're going to be talking about the crabs in a barrel or crabs in a bucket mentality um, that you can sometimes sometimes find in in different social settings, different cultures. Um, We look forward to bringing this to you. As always, you're gonna find us on uh just about anywhere where you can find podcasts. Uh brother brother King is gonna bring us in. Hey. Uh,
3: welcome. Welcome. I thought back. we were about
1: to leave. I thought we I thought we were about to leave. I was like I was about to say goodnight and give my final thoughts. It's like that was quick. <laughs> Sorry, keep going.
3: That, that was funny, Warren. That was funny.
1: Thanks, thanks, Juan. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> Kind of I'll be editing everything. all of this. <laughs> so you guys
3: know I like to start off with you know clear definitions and kind of give like a historical kind of perspective on these things. So I'm gonna start with Wikipedia uh defines crab mentality, also known as crab theory, crabs in a bucket or barrel or basket or pot mentality, or the crab bucket effect, uh, as a way of thinking, best described by the phrase, if I can't have it, neither can you. The metaphor is derived. From a pattern of behavior noted in crabs, when they are trapped in a bucket, while one crab could easily escape, its efforts will be undermined Kev. by others, ensuring the, collect, the group's collective demise. Um, and I reference Kev on that, not because of the crab you know, situation, but because of the uh, yeah, example he used earlier uh, in reference to the coach that he, uh, he'll Kev. probably l- like to talk about. Um, so anyway. Before I get too sidetracked here the analogy in human behavior is claimed to be that members of a group will attempt to reduce the self-confidence of any member who achieves success beyond the others out of envy resentment spite conspiracy or competitive feelings to halt their progress um this originally uh, came from a book by walter lionel george called a bed of roses written in 1911 the first uh use of the term um and yeah that's kind of like a setting the stage for it um it's something that we typically see in um communities that are impoverished or or areas where people you know have certain disadvantages and it's often um something that's prevalent in those situations um and being that we are on a call with black men um, it's something can certainly, I think, all speak to from my different perspectives.
1: I'm going to jump in. Um, do we know if, it's, if that last bit about it being something noted in impoverished communities is true?
3: It's not just in impoverished communities, but it's often applied to impoverished communities.
1: Why do we think that is? I think this is a, a helpful place to start.
2: Lack of resources, right? I think if there's an abundance of resources or an abundance of opportunities, um, everyone's not all grabbing for that one opportunity, right? Uh, So often you hear the idea in these impoverished communities that, you know, somebody has to make it out. Um, You can be the one to make it out. Um, You know, don't mess with with Jimmy over there because, you know, Jimmy's the one that's going to make it out. If there was an idea that everyone makes it out, Everyone can be successful. You don't have to get lucky. You don't have to be super gifted. Then it would be more likely that I'm assuming so, right? That people would lift each other up and push each other towards success instead of being like, ah, you know, I'm not going to be able to get it. Hopefully they get it. And maybe if they don't get it, Smiles gets it. But like, it's not to me, I, you know, I observed that in my own community. And uh, I think it's from a lack of opportunity and resources, right? Whether it be sometimes it's structural. Right, um, and sometimes because maybe other generations have had that struggle that once the i once the opportunity actually does come because you've been kind of uh ingrained into this uh way of thinking that it's hard to bust out of it, so um so you know that's my that's my opinion on that
3: kev, if, say re, sorry what not, kev, no. uh, kev when you say community, what are you referring to exactly
2: uh Well, for me, I was using my own example of Orange, New Jersey. Right. But, um, you know, I think, I think other communities, neighborhoods could have, um, that kind of experience if, if they're, you know, oftentimes in inner city communities, for example, um, you you hear that same terminology, um, so-and-so is maybe a decent student or a good student, but they're a really good athlete. We got to make sure they make it out. We got to make sure they, they make it out. They got to make sure they stay on the right path. Um, and it, it comes from that. It comes from this idea that you have to be extremely exceptional to overcome your circumstance. And, um, that makes it, you know, there's a way that, cra- you know, you don't have to actively reach up to pull someone down, right? Sometimes the way of thinking, sometimes the energy, sometimes that sense of, of impending dread is enough to ruin someone's life and that pulls them down anyway. Right. So like, there are a lot of different ways as we can explore this 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 uh, idea of crabs in the barrel. That um, I think we can um, we can talk about that. But that's that's where
1: I was going with my first response to to Warren's question. Gotcha. So what I guess one of the things that comes up for me quickly is I guess I'm wondering what we're actually talking about when we speak about um, impoverished communities, right? Because I'm I'm thinking about where I grew up, and I'm thinking about the area. So the area was uh, primarily primarily black, uh, and Hispanic. And I don't know that just kind of looking at those two, uh, um, cultures, I guess the present culture is, I don't know that either was more impoverished than another. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about, and I guess I'm thinking about specifically how I saw the Hispanic, um, folks kind of moving in this way that seemed very supportive of one another and i guess as you know not being an active part of that specific community i can speak to i guess i can't i don't know that i can speak to that with as much you know clarity and understanding as i may have for another community but um i get the sense that there's a lot of support there's a lot of assistance there's a lot of i don't know i guess just bonding together and helping to help everyone succeed. You know, this is something that I've seen um with Hispanics, I've seen with Asian um and I guess I'm thinking about them in the context of being in some of the neighborhoods in which I've lived and seeing how those communities kind of work to help everybody succeed, you know, bringing families over like we're all going to, you know, live in the same building or the same house, you know, 12, 13 of us to save money, you know, we're all going to work, we're all going to contribute back to the 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 household to the unit to support each other and then you know we'll all live on it.
2: So so why is that, right? So like I'm I'm gonna do a couple things here. I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out sure. uh we were just talking about this actually Judas and the Black Messiah and, and shout out to shay Shea Jones, costume hey. designer, Philly yes, 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 Hugh and yes. building matter How of fact
3: that's, that's that's gonna be our Black History Month uh little tidbit for today. Shea Jones, shout out to you. Shout
2: Go out get to Shay Jones. Go um good. but to, 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 to piggyback on what Warren was just saying, I, and I apologize to our listeners because I probably could have did a little bit more research to, to figure this out because now it, it brings on an interesting question. Is that a part of systematic racism, right? Or systemic racism where, you know, why is it that, yeah, like in, in, in impoverished Asian communities, um, or, or poor, uh, Latino communities, uh, Latinx communities, um, where it does seem like those communities kind of band together and it's like oh we are getting out of this environment um it made me think of judas and the black messiah because the young fred hampton was trying to unite like the different chicago groups the different gangs and um and that was something that just wasn't done at first it was negative it took for him to be firebombed or that big shootout actually in that in that uh at the original headquarters for that other gang uh to come down and help and um and he was trying to to bring that un- unity together to like yo we are stronger as one um you know he went not to just black groups he went to white groups he went he was trying to un- unify everybody and um and there's real power in that you know um you know e pluribus unum right um that's the idea um and um yeah i don't know why that exists right cuz i i i i see that you see that in in different communities where You know, there may be a bunch of stores that are owned um, sometimes collectively. Um, They say in Asian cultures, the family members will all uh, buy a house and then all family members will work together to pay off that house. And then they buy another house for the next family member and so on and so forth so that there's no debt and everyone has something that can uh, build equity. That sets you up. Um, Sometimes they do that with stores. So, um, you know, whether it be a a dry cleaner or or a a little corner store or something like that, um, there are um, a good example of of impoverished communities that come together and and figure it out and kind of rise from that situation. Whereas, and you can call it racism, you can call it whatever you want, oppression, Um, for some reason, um, especially particularly when we're talking about, you know, that, that 1960s era. You know, if you look back at at black wealth, and not to say that wealth is the only um, measuring stick of which you can measure success or or progress or progress, um, there hasn't been as much advancement from our position as far as wealth building and and you know rising out of the poverty line um, as some of those other groups. So um, that's a good point, Warren. And I and I, I don't actually know why that is. Um, the easy answer would be systemic racism, but there should be more to that. Maybe we can flesh that out.
3: I have a uh, a working theory on that, Kev. So it's a couple of things, right? So it's part of it is, um, you know, we were brought into this country as, as property, not as, as people. So we weren't really immigrants to this country like some other you know, minority groups that that are able to come here and flourish so we have dealt with the the centuries of um oppression and what centuries yeah a century of like oppression
2: four hundred fifty uh, years of them
3: yeah you're right you're right yeah so centuries <laughs> of oppression and and just compounded you know um efforts to marginalize any sort of advancement you know we've we've had moments where we've tried to do things and, you know, uh, not just make a stand, but also to kind of have our own. And they've always been met with violence and destruction. So, you know, you look at some of our Black leaders that have been assassinated. You look at some of, you know, you look at Black Wall Street, utterly destroyed. You look at the Jim Crow laws, you look at, you know, everything that has been systemically put in place. And that's kind of the culminating effect. Of you know systemic racism, and so when you say like how is it that like other groups can come in and and figure it out and do it, part of that you know kind of what we're talking about the crab mentality is you have generations that have seen attempts fail, and so they've gotten to the point that like you know part of this crab mentality is like me saving you from that failure because it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if you're good, they're gonna find something and they're gonna destroy you and sometimes it's better just kind of stay in your lane and know your place as opposed to try to Branch out because it's going to get destroyed, and you're not going to make the difference that you think you are because people have tried before, and you'll end up like Malcolm x you'll end up like um Martin Luther king you'll end up like you know any number of civil rights you know people that have tried to do good or or just any of any movement that we've had you know it will ultimately you know be for nothing so um but there's also you know the the identity that's been stripped away from us as as a culture as a people other cultures come in with that there's a there's a you know there's a huge hispanic heritage there's a huge asian heritage there's a huge irish and italian like there's a sense of pride that you have with that but when you look at the black community we are all dismembered from our ethnic you know backgrounds and our, our our heritages and so that sense of pride is only a collective sense of pride but that pride really is a collective sense of suffering that we all can relate to and 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 know but we can't derive pride from that because we can't even look back to to a point and say like you know what we overcame like we really we banded together we did this and so like in this new country we've done great things whereas you know other cultures can say you know they can speak to a Spain or uh you know a Europe or, or any number of different things. You know what I mean? Where whereas we don't and so or we can't, I should say. Um and so I think that's that's part of it. And then they don't I they don't identify, even though they are minorities, they don't identify with the that same mentality that that has been like pushed upon us. Um so they they look at it and say like you know well if, if I can't do it I'm gonna figure out a way how to do it and they don't look at it and say like there's no hope there's no there's no point they look at it and say like we're gonna I'll figure it out I'll figure out something it's better than you know not doing anything
2: really good points
1: so, go ahead Warren. so I think it's important to mention that there were and yes Quan, those are those thank you for those points um. I think it's also important to remember that there were Asian slaves that were brought to America. Um and white and slaves. The- right. So right. So I think it's important to kind of, you know, talk a little about the fact that slavery is not specific to blacks, right? Mm-hmm. Um I think I think my curiosity is around so what's what's the other side of this right so yes i mean the history history definitely tells us the story history definitely informs what we do today and what we may consider doing tomorrow um but i think there are other places in history where there are people that were you know were met with um with hardship and had to kind of figure out stuff and had to do their part to kind of overcome and and you know and keep things going and figure out and figure out how to make it better and figure out how to overcome and succeed. And how, and I guess my curiosity is how, how did it happen in other cultures and other, you know, places or with other groups? And seemingly is it so difficult for this to happen with Blacks? Because I feel like that's, I feel like this is what we're seeing, right? I think the thing we have not said is, um, and I'll I'll say it first, um, I feel like there's this belief that this crabs in a barrel um, or crab mentality is something that we have seen, as members on this call, have seen in, in uh, relationship to the Black community, the Black community, right, community with um, of which we're all a part of. So why is it that others do and the Black community doesn't?
2: We have. I want to hear from Chris, though, before I go in. I got some stuff to say on that, but go ahead,
0: Chris. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to just get in real fast. I mean, in terms of the, the crabs in the barrel thing, I think it's just based off of some people – for some people, it's easier to tear people down and lift them up, and it's not just a black thing or you know, it's it's a every culture thing. You know, some people just are not happy with their lives, and therefore it's easier for them to to speak negatively about negativity about somebody as opposed to lifting them up. So, in terms of in a business environment or work field, if somebody is not progressing in their career and stagnant, and they see somebody that was hired the same day, same week as them, and they're like you know a manager or director. They're probably not going to be happy for them because they're like, well, I'm better than this person or they must have done something <laughs> unethical to get where they're at. So I think that that crabs and the mentality just exists because some people just aren't happy with their lives. Misery loves company. Um, so people will find a way to bring somebody else down if they're not happy. So I, I don't think it's just something that's a black thing or cultural thing. I think it's, you, you can find it anywhere, you know, in terms of people not being happy and they want to pull somebody down because they're not happy with their lives. So that's just my, my take
1: i think you're right chris i think you're right
2: i agree with that too um i i think there are levels and and types and and maybe styles um and i think what makes it different or what has made it different for the black community in this regard because I, I agree with you chris i think it shows up it shows up on on athletic teams it shows up as you said in a work environment it shows up like it shows up in relationships hate. even
0: yeah yeah like, it's like you're like like hater hatery like you know yeah. like, you can like. Obviously we heard it all the time, like people hate it's a part of our black community. People hate and that's another yeah, in my opinion, yeah. it's another word for traps in the barrel. For <laughs> sure. Just the updated updated version of what for you know sure. you know, you're hating on somebody. So it's the same thing in my opinion. We just have to, you know, change the terminology. For sure. And
2: so I wanna I wanna come back to that later too. Um <laughs> and we go back to Warren's point. Um I, I think you've seen you saw efforts within the black community to, 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 to overcome, to, to progress. As, as, as Quan mentioned, um, you know, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, we had um, Black Wall Street and um, it was firebombed, right? Because the white folks in that area were like, nah, we don't want to see y'all succeed like that. Um, so there's no chance to, for this, that generation of folks who built, wealth, who, who created uh, shops and stores and had a, a quality of life that was going to be able to be passed down had to start all over from from scratch um similar things happened in new york city um there was another group and i forgive me if i'm losing the name i think this was in like jacksonville florida somewhere in florida um but th- this has happened throughout time where like there'd be a a, a gathering there'd be a, a momentum there, there was the black panther party right um there's um you know different instances like this where you know, Black people are able to to create momentum and and, and some some change. And then, you know, um, it's easy to call it racism, but, you know, the system, something happens to come in and and change things. And we start again from square one, right? So, like, you really overcome, as Kwame mentions a lot, (laughs) because we live in a a capitalistic society, um, wealth building is one of the ways out of that repetition of, like, I can't I can't succeed or we haven't succeeded, or like there's no hope here. We're doomed. Um you're born into a class system um that is really hard to jump classes, right? Um my grandfather, his his grandparents were sharecroppers, slash slaves, whatever you want to call that. Um my grandfather finished the eighth grade, I believe. Then he moved uh north as part of the Great Migration. And, um, I have an MBA and all this stuff, but like my quality of life is not that much different, you know, from, um, from 60 years ago, 70 years ago, um, you know, because of the way the economy moves, um, I own my house, whereas he rented, but like, I'm still sending my kid to school. Like, it's, it's not that much different from the way he had it, even though, on paper, it's like, damn, Kev, you got an MBA, you did this, you did that. Um, so, like, it's really hard to jump a class system in America. Um, and what I mean by that is, like, you know, most of the time, if your parents were born into a lower or even middle income, majority of the time, even if you advance, you're still going to be at the same spot, right? Like, you have to be, and this is, and that's crabs in the barrel right there. You have to be somebody that's super elite. Or lucky, or 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 very different to really overcome. And so there's levels, right? Because I agree with the level that Chris mentioned. You might all get hired the same day on a job. So and so gets promoted faster. Some people gonna say, yo, that's what's up, man. Like, how'd you do that? Or some people gonna be like, man, eh, f that dude. He ain't shit. Um, <laughs> I came, I come to work earlier than him. I stay later than him. I work harder than him. But you know what I mean. So. That's that's a level of crabs in the barrel. Um, being on the team as you know, Kwan mentioned, uh uh shout out to the mighty tornadoes. Um but coach Daniels used to always say, Don't undermine the program. And we were trying to build something and he wanted positive energy, positive vibes. If the coaches tell you to do something, do this. We tell you to study, do this. Don't try and be a cool guy. Don't go listen to the guys on the corner who did this ten years ago. We doing something new now that's gonna last and and, and, and kind of set the stage for future generations, which has happened. That program has grown. Um and, and this progressed to the point where now we send kids to college all the time. Um so like that there has to be a culture shift in the way you think and you have to have people who buy in and believe that there's opportunity for all. Um I think the perception of there's limited so the, the job piece makes a lot of sense, right, Chris? If yeah. you believe there's limited opportunity for advancement and not not that eventually everybody will get it will get there but that only once in a while somebody will get promoted and that person has to be lucky or that person has to be given something they create this idea that ah we have to race to get it and instead of supporting my fellow employee and my fellow teammate to do this goal i have to beat them in order to achieve and that's i mean that's it that's the essence of crabs in a barrel right there
0: yeah, I mean, I, I'll just say one thing in terms of um, like you mentioned, like you know, um, like the job in the workforce. Do you guys see, um, I guess, Craftsman Barrel at a certain level? Like for instance, like I'm I'm a African American barrel, I'm a ma- middle manager, or whatever. And you see another black guy that's like you know director. My natural um, thing would be like, look, let me let me see if I can help this brother out. Like let me see if I can be his mentor or something like that. You know, I, I want to help somebody out. I've seen it where a lot of brothers that are higher up, they see you as a threat. <laughs> is that also, in your opinion, like Crafts in the Barrel in the world, they want to kick you down? Like, you know, I don't want to, I want to, yeah. he might, he might take, he that's, might take my role. And that's exactly that it. There's, I, 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 yeah. I met some, 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 like one of my mentors, like he, from day one, he was super helpful, always had my back. You know, we still keep in contact through this day, like 10 years later. And I had somebody else that is the exact opposite. Like, we would be like, Going past the hallway, he didn't even see me. Like, I, I was I was just another dude that maybe was a threat to him or whatever. So uh, that's definitely craps in the barrel on, like, just from a different lens, I suppose, that I've experienced personally. You know, I've seen people that have been more than willing to stretch out a hand and, and pull me up and some people that are trying to kick me off the ladder, you know. um. So just throwing it out there
1: as well. Uh, Yeah, I think that's that's exactly what we're talking about, Chris. I think that's that's that crab mentality, the mentality of if if I can't have it, no one's going to have it, right? So it's not even – so competition is a little bit different. I mean I feel like if two people are going for the same job, it seems only – it seems to make sense that one person – they're not – the one person isn't going to want the other person to get it, right, because that's taken – taking a job away from yourself. I don't think this, I don't think competition is exactly crabs in a barrel. I think of it in a a little bit more of a broad scale where, um, if I'm just, I guess, looking at more people and more people being considered in this, you know, conversation, but if it's a larger group, um, if I can't. If I can't make it out, kind of your point earlier, Kevin, about, you know, let Jimmy make it out, like, well, if I can't make it out, Jimmy's not going to make it out. Jimmy's going to be stuck in here with me living this, you know, life that, you know, that I'm trying to get out of and I can't get out of it. So guess what? Jimmy's going to be here struggling with me. And I feel like that's more crabs in a barrel than, than anything else. And I think that's really where my curiosity, what is it about, about the mentality that says, you know what, if I can't have it, you can't have it. Um, and why is it something that people are actively engaged in saying, you know what, I'm going to make sure you don't have it.
3: Well, I think, I think part of it is pride. It's, it's, it's an aspect of pride, but it's also a sense of like, it becomes a reflection. So if you have somebody that comes in and, and and I say this because I, I I speak directly to this in being a, a young black male that's, you know, frequently introduced into, to new work organizations and dynamics. Um, young no more either. <clears throat> I mean I'm young enough compared to some of my my peers, uh you, you can say. Um but when you, you come into that situation and you have this drive and you have these ideas and you you know are passionate and dedicated sometimes that becomes a reflection to them that they are not those things. And so they take offense to that, you know, because maybe they've been there longer, maybe they feel like they're more established, and you pose a threat because the threat is you're showing them that they're not as, you know, not as good as they used to be or not as good as they see themselves um, because you're coming in and you are you know, got big ideas and, you know, you're really passionate, you want to do a lot of stuff, and you remind them that they're no longer passionate, that they don't have big ideas because maybe, you know, you mentioned something that they hadn't thought about and that you see things from a different perspective um you know unfortunately you know i've i've had the uh unfortunate pleasure of, of frequently you know <laughs> coming up against crap mentality where i've had older generations of black people do do a lot to tear me down to uh just be all out disrespectful uh for a lot of different reasons and um some some it's gender, some it's age often the time oftentimes I see it as age um and it's it's bizarre because in most, if not every instance, what I've also seen is um uh, I can have a white colleague or counterpart that will reinforce or do what I have just done, and the feedback that they get is one of. I don't want to say submission, but compliance, right? So I can go into a group and say, you know, as per X, Y, and Z, here's how things should be. I get hit with, who the fuck do you think you are? You just got here. You know, I know you think this, and, you know, all these different associations labeled upon me, and, you know, we're not doing this, and you're not going to take this away from us. My colleague comes in, as per, x y and z here's what needs to be done and it's okay got it okay makes sense all right cool so then to me that just reflects back that it's like okay so if a black male says this to you you don't respect it but Mm -hmm. if a white male says this to you by default you you accept it
1: and is it more about you or is it about the their feeling of their, of their of your white counterpart?
3: It's it's really more so about them and their feeling, period. Because well, they, right, but right. The same, thing. same thing is being said. Like if, if it was sent in an email, if it was sent in a letter and there was no way to tell if it was a black or white person, you know, it'd be interesting to see what the response would be. But when you're presented <laughs> in person, it's just like hmm, right.
1: so and see, and that's my question. Do you so is your thinking that this person's response is, I don't want to listen to this young black guy, or I need to listen to this white person, right? And I think more, that's more I think that's. The
3: first and the second, I would say that mm-hmm. more the first than the second, because by default, I'm not going to get the respect that I I should have. Because who am I? I'm black. Black people don't, you know, you can't tell them what to do. You're black. Which goes back into like this crap mentality. It's like, just because you think that you're up there doesn't mean that like you get to talk down to me. You, I bring you back down to my level. You're black, just like me. Your ass ain't gonna accomplish shit. You ain't gonna do shit. You got all these great ideas. But guess what? You right here with me just because you're black.
0: You That's really company, bro.
3: I mean, which is crazy because it's like, well, damn, like if I'm trying to help, if if I'm trying to now, be in the position I'm in and reach down and help pull people up. You're not reaching up for help. You're reaching up to pull me down. Exactly. So then if I say, well, you know so- what? I'm not, I'm not doing anymore now. Oh, and, and for our listeners, I do apologize, but you know, it needs to be said. It it turns into, Oh, this uppity nigga think he just going, to you know what I'm saying? Oh, now he uncle Tom. Oh, now he, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, Maybe I'm just not, I don't have the same mentality that you have.
1: So something I read um, about your last point, Q, is the crabs in a barrel or the crab mentality is really because it, it exists because the crabs don't know better right they don't know that working together is going to be the thing that'll bring them out they don't they don't understand the idea that you know together we can get this done and i thought that was super you know profound to kind of just think about like yeah i guess the reason that people don't think to ask for help is because they don't realize that they can get help or they don't realize that someone is going to help them which i think is an interesting you know concept to kind of chew on yeah, it's um
3: I I was reminded um of the video of the the three generations of, of black men who were arguing at one of the protests where you had the really older guy who was really pissed off and angry you had the uh he was like 47 or something like that you had the 36 year old who was just as angry but um you know their initial interaction was was combative and then it kind of dissolved it a little bit by saying like, you know, look like I'm angry, just like you angry, but going out here and, you know, burning down stores, that's not going to do anything. We, you guys did that. Your generation did that. My generation did that. And the situation hasn't improved. And so he brings in a 16 year old and, you know, he's asking him like, you know, you got to do better. You got to figure out a different way. And it's kind of just seeing that, that clip, you know, kind of really demonstrates of, the mentality by default seems to be having this crab mentality of like, well, fuck it then like let's just destroy everything like whatever like doesn't even matter like you know this the situation's never going to change and trying to counteract that narrative is this idea that like there there can be a better way, but we have to realize what it is and we have to like actively work towards it. If we don't, we're bound to make the same mistakes and continue in the same situation without without improving.
1: And modeling is a huge piece that I think people don't realize is as important as it as it is, because if the young generation sees the older generations doing this thing or behaving this way, you can say you need to do something better. But if they're looking at these people not doing any better and doing the same thing, they're going to think, well, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do. And how do we counteract that? Like, that's, that's the super challenge. Like, we're hearing, you know, people say, well, this isn't working. We need to do something different. But you still see that older generation behaving and carrying on in a way that is not productive to the growth of community and the development of community.
2: That's why it's hard to jump class structures. <laughs> because if all you see is that mentality of that same group. No one knows how to or as you said, no one trusts enough, right? To ask for help, you gotta be able to trust the helper. Um so based on either Lack of information or, or access to, to to the information, um, trusting the information when it's given to you, or just a general lack of opportunity. Um, that's going to create that that environment where, yeah, that crabs in a barrel mentality can thrive and stay in place. Um, so that through generations, as you mentioned, Quan, like, you know, the older generation tried it that way. The generation after them tried it the same way. Finally, someone was like, "Wait, we can't keep doing the same thing and expecting different results right um so
1: but kev the other the other is on the same level, and that's the bizarre part about it. It's not like the other is asking someone like to use your class structure example It's not like asking for help is coming we're not asking." outside of our group right we're asking someone in the group with us so so we both know what's going on it's like we it's we are seeing the, same thing, we're the same thing they haven't done it yeah. how they
2: gonna teach you how to do it
0: so, so kevin you, you mentioned jumping class man like like warren makes a good point if you're trying to jump class you're trying to make it out you know better and the people that have made it out aren't willing to extend the hand down that's you part of it too. You, you you have your you have your, you have people that are trying to pull you down, and the folks that have made it out aren't willing to extend a hand to pull you out because they're like, I don't want this other brother up here with me. You know, I'm the only black person in this, in this country club. Like, I'm the token. I don't want nobody else still in my. So it, it, it's it's twofold in my opinion. Yeah, you, you, pla- have, you have yeah. to. So you have to have, you have to be willing to. If you make it out to if to lend a hand and help pull, to show the next kids. group how to do exactly. it exactly exactly you know leave, leave leave the door open for the next person man leave that back door open so we can all get in all
2: <laughs> exactly so. I agree with everything you just said Chris because that was the other way when I was originally thinking about this and, and shout out to, to brother Rio and we wish him a speedy uh, recovery and good health um but um when I first started talking uh, thinking about this topic the other angle was it too. 'Cause, you know, one crab eventually makes it out the barrel. Um, how come he doesn't whisper back down to let the rest of the crabs know, right? Like that one crab just becomes that that god crab, like that superstar crab, and it's like, Oh man, only they were able to make it out. They had to be so amazing. Well, no, nah, if he just says, Yo, every time someone makes it like seventy five percent of the way, don't pull their ass back in the bucket. We we cool, we can all get out. Let's form a let's form how come that one crab doesn't say let's form a ladder? Um let's all link and everyone cl- climbs up. Um that's exactly it. Let's I mean I, I that's why I believe like, you know, the, the folks that give back, you know, um the LeBrons, uh Kobe started to do it, um, the folks that pass that information down. And, you know, Quan's doing this and uh, with the yeah, mentorship pro- um podcast. Um When you when you have gained knowledge that can help others, that's the job. Your job at that point is to share it. You know what I mean? Um, You don't gain it so that you just hold on to it forever. Um, When you acquire information, it's your job to disseminate that information so that you know team, right? The ultimate idea of team and that T-shirt that everyone had if you went to a good summer camp is together everyone achieves more, right? So if you know, I learned something that I share with you and you learned something that we share with me. Now, we both learn something. We can share that with other folks. So, like, that should be the goal. And, uh, you know, hopefully people are using this 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 podcast as one of those avenues to acquire uh,
1: more information. <laughs> but so the, the the other part of that, Kevin, is is unfortunately, I think, to your example, we then. And yeah, I don't think you're directly saying this or intentionally saying this, but I think there's this then assumption that we need to wait for someone to do it first. Because the truth is, if we're all here together, if we're looking for someone to lead us, I think that's gonna be I think that's gonna be tough because if there is this mentality of people aren't gonna help us, right? So the truth is, you know, folks giving back, the folks that are trying to disseminate this information and share and bring other people up, they're awesome and we are so grateful for them. And we have the majority of people that are not doing this so are we saying that we need to wait for someone or can we hear all together in this in this barrel like uh so um how we how we getting out? well john got out um i mean Johnny bro nope. you know but i think this and i think this is the mentality that i'm trying to to, to figure out like why is it that we aren't sitting here together in this barrel like how Why aren't
2: you we getting out? Me? What do we do? It's been
3: six, six sixteen, nineteen. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, <Thank> <laughs> I mean, we we've been like socially conditioned though to to kind of
1: which we are we talking about, right? Because I I'm, I'm speaking generally, so which what we are we speaking about? So about
3: African Americans that were brought to this country from a different country and were not brought over here as immigrants. They were brought over here as property. Okay, continue so we've been conditioned to not have hope to not believe that you know our our circumstance can change and our our circumstance can be better uh we're we've been conditioned to question um outsiders and people that try to help us we've been conditioned to have a general mistrust of you know individuals that have answers or that like are "Quote unquote successful," you know. We we think that they have, you know, um, I don't know. It's just it's. I don't want to say there's an unspoken thing, but it's something that you definitely feel. Uh, especially I I can relate because I'm typically somebody that's not from, um, you know that that local place. So being from Detroit and living in Philadelphia, I'm not from Philly. So when I come into a situation, people can recognize that and say, "You're not from here. Like, you're an outsider." And. There's something to be said about that, you know, when you have when you say something like I'm going to listen, but I'm also going to listen because, you, you know, I'm going to listen with the mindset that you're an outsider. So, you know, if you don't, if you say something I that I don't necessarily like now, I'm going to discredit you because you're an outsider. You don't know what it's like to be here or from here or yada, 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 whether that is useful information or not useful information that goes that gets played into the equation. Um, but yeah, that that's we've been a product of social conditioning, and to watch individuals who have constantly tried to help better our situation get murdered, and to watch individuals just living their lives be murdered, and to watch you know our our kids be ripped from us, and and you know our women you know raped and beaten, and our our men you know thrown in prison, and and you know otherwise like castrated or emasculated or you know fetishized and you know all that shit plays a psychological effect you know when you get that generation after generation after generation like so that's this, that's why
1: I so then what? and if you're right then that means there is no hope for us what does it doesn't. if if so what i'm hearing is Yes, and I, I understand everything you've said. And if what you're saying is the truth, if it is the truth that exists, then there is no hope because there's this if you're speaking to this conditioning that exists that is not even the full story because the truth is even as as black people are you know living with this experience, then looking at these other, because you know, if you're, if you're talking, you know, to kind of to where I was before, with speaking about um, impoverished communities and thinking about the other cultures and and places that, or you know, people that occupy these impoverished nations, and I'm sorry, impoverished areas in in you know, uh, urban communities, we we have context of that not being the only thing. We don't. We have this this understanding of oh, there is a way to succeed. Um, I've what I've heard is. I mean, I'm not living with, you know, with a uh, 10 other people and and trying to get a store like I'm not making enough money, like that's not that's not giving me what I need fast enough. And that's a pretty part of the problem because you build a house brick by brick. You don't just throw it up overnight and everything's like, "Oh, good, I'm a billionaire. Woo. Now I can bring back my people because I'm so doing so well that I'm untouchable now." But if there's this belief that nothing is going to change because it can't change because we have been made we as black people have been made to believe this, I don't think there's any hope, um, which which is is saddening to me. And then, you know, sorry, go
3: ahead. Well, no, there there is hope because one, it's, it's 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 a theory for one. Two, it's the the imagery is these it's a bucket, a barrel, a basket, a pot, et cetera, et cetera. But these things don't have lids, right? So there is a way out of it. So there is hope. There's always hope, but it's up to whatever that's in it let's crabs for this example it's up to the crab to figure out how to get out
2: but not just get out
1: to get out together right
3: right right and that's it's not right that's not impossible that's i why. agree
1: right i agree and i think and that's but i th- and i think i mean i would like to to kind of spitball around that because yeah i think we can talk about I mean I can think of another number of reasons why this hasn't happened, but is there something we can offer at least think about like how how do we change this? How is this change? how how is this narrative a different narrative in ten years, fifteen years, you know, twenty years, fifty years?
3: Does have mentoring?
1: What mentoring. Um
2: okay. and and you know, some groups will say group economics, right? Or act or group so the way to change that mentality of, of, of there's not enough for everyone, therefore one person or only a handful of people are lucky enough to have this opportunity, is to create those opportunities, right? And to create those opportunities, you're going to need some economic foundation. Um, and maybe it is actually a foundation um, or, or some sort of mentoring. But, you know, you need – to increase the education level so that people know that there's opportunity. There's They know what's available to them, right? So if people, you know, we get a certain level of education given to us in a public school program, and you get that from the time you're four and a half or five until you're 18, and at the end of that process, you still don't know how to do taxes. You don't know how to apply for a mortgage. You don't know how to do basic things. You don't, you're not necessarily, they're changing that now, but like, you may not even know how to write a check. The the stuff that you need to actually acquire wealth or or, or knowledge in that regard, you don't get. Um, So if you didn't learn it, there's a good probability if your parents didn't go to college that they didn't learn it. If they didn't learn it, there's a good probability if their grandparents didn't go to college that they didn't learn it. So we got to be intentional about what you're learning in school, right? Maybe a little bit less on writing and grammar, perhaps, right? And then you add financial literacy. Um, how do you open an account? How do you open a savings account? What are the different rates you can earn? Um, why is the stock market a big myth? I was 20-something years old when I got introduced to the stock market. Like, that's far too late. Like, some kids have stock accounts when they're, like, six. Um, so that is part of it. Um, create Changing the narrative. Changing that story. Changing that idea that there's no hope. Like, a lot of people feel that, right? We said part of the... Part of this mentality comes from if I can't have it, neither can you. If you change that to we can all eat, like there's a way that we can all eat. Um, then then there's more likely for generations and generations to pass that information down because then they feel like there's access for all instead of just I gotta hold on to this. So like me and my family are okay, but like my neighbor down the street, I wish him well, God bless him, but I can't help him. You know what I mean? Like that actually happens. So like, you know, creating changing a narrative. Is what you're saying a lot i think warren is like but why a lot of that is from oppression right once you do that job once or twice if you do it really well you don't have to do it again it just repeats for you right and like that's been the cycle we've been stuck in so a lot of it is changing the belief system of 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 folks of black folks in particular from the inner cities i mean like it doesn't have to be this way um there's a better way um as Quan mentioned earlier, a lot of the revolutionaries who had those ideas, right, we call them revolutionaries for a reason. They were trying to change the narrative. A revolution is overcoming something that's in, in, that's been in place. You're, you're revolting against it, and, against it and changing it. So that is is part of it. I think if you can influence people when they're young, and maybe if the young can reach up and influence their parents and their parents, you change the idea of, of how we get out. Um, you don't have to be the the best rapper on the block. You don't have to be the fastest runner. You don't have to be the highest jumper. There are regular ways, you know. There's people who who teach. There's dentists. There's there's all these sorry. There's all these hey, other Benny. things that you can do that um that can help you change the narrative.
3: Hey Benny, I think kind of you know to Ken's point, like when I when I like to to speak to you. Particularly, you know, from a mentoring standpoint, it's it's helping them to see that the world is a lot bigger than what they might what they what they might see it as. So just because you are passionate about, let's say, basketball, right, that's cool. But that passion doesn't mean that you have to be the next LeBron James. The passion could be you as a coach, as a referee, as an equipment manager, as a statistician, as, you know, uh, somebody that helps do the scoreboard shot clock, an announcer. All of these things have measures of success that you can relate to and identify yourself with. However, if all we see are these one or two, like, big ticket things within uh, an industry or, you know, if that becomes our dream. Then then, yeah, we, we have this. We then at that point, we allow the capitalist mindset to say there can only be one person up at the top for this. So by default, you stop looking at all of the successes and all the progress that you're making. You start comparing yourself to this one and only spot at the very top. When in reality, as, as Kevin Hart said in an interview talking about the crab mentality, there's room for everybody to succeed this notion this idea that like there's not enough is is a is a myth and it's false and as people continue to move up and help and shed light on the situation to other people they they help bring others up with them and you know that's that's something that kind of helps to kind of combat this this mentality and um you know kind of you know not to give away too much of Judas and the Black Messiah for people who haven't seen it yet, Uh, but it's definitely a a recommendation. Um, One thing I kind of took away from that was this notion of capitalism versus socialism, because you had, you know, Fred Hampton representing the socialist mindset of like trying to help as many people as possible and working together with other people to help the most people as possible versus William O'Neill, who was solely looking out for himself the entire time. Like, this is about me versus this is about everybody. And and the irony is that Fred Hampton's vision included William O'Neill. William's O'Neill vision only included himself. And so, you know, um, that was something that I found to be very striking and and very kind of relevant to this idea and this notion of crab mentality. of Like, this is somebody that, you know, brought somebody else down just so that they could, quote unquote, get out. But the weight of that decision in the end, and this is not a spoiler alert, like he ended up killing himself afterwards, like as a result of, you know, not only I'm sure the weight and guilt of that situation, but all the other things that are associated with, you know, what had happened in his life.
2: Um, I want to touch back with Warren and, and see if we, um, you know,
1: ended up coming around to answer that question. It wasn't a question for me. I mean, it, it was, I I, th- I think it's helpful for people to hear thoughts, right? Because if, if we're going around, you know, kind of speaking to what exists and not offering any thoughts on any solutions or opportunities or areas for growth or development, I think we're doing a disservice to the six people that are listening to us. Right. So, I think it's important that we, <laughs> we talk about this stuff, right? I mean, I, if I'm listening to something and someone can offer me a thought or offer me, you know, a nugget that I can take with me, absolutely. But I think it's important to kind of speak to the possibilities that, you know, that we know exist quantum I'm, you, awesome point. Um, you know, kind of the reference of, um, you know, Kevin Hart's, uh, mention of there's room at the top. I mean, I think a lot of people live in this, this world of scarcity thinking that there is not enough, thinking that, you know, I have to keep what's mine, because if I turn my back for two seconds, someone else is going to take it. And I think that's just something that that a lot of different cultures for a lot of different reasons have believed to be true. And in some situations, it absolutely is true. But I think there's a reality that isn't really considered. And we we happen to be in America. I mean, they're I mean, as far as abundance goes, I mean, if you think about, you know, how stuff is overproduced and and just what what is actually available, there is room. Look at, as an example, how Justin Bieber got um, seen by singing on YouTube, right? So, I mean, people do, like, it's not difficult. I mean, obviously, it's going to take work and, you know, people honing their craft and kind of being really good at what you do or or really committing to what you want to do. So, there are possibilities available. scarcity is 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 a belief and i don't know if it's always as much of a reality as people make it seem um go out and get what you want work for what you want um you know sharpen your own skills and your own tools and and do the work to get where you want to be and you can do it
2: um i guess before i get to my final thought i'd like to ask you all a question and hopefully i'm not touching on a sensitive topic because i don't know if we ever got here in our friendship but you know when you guys were all getting ready to go to school remind or share with the viewers or listeners sorry like (laughs) the sentiment of like your grandparents right like did you have a grandma or you know maybe a great aunt if you didn't have a grandmother um someone from that generation uh like you know a generation or two removed um what their feelings were towards you going to college was it normal was it oh my god babe i can't believe you the one that got like what was that like
3: Warren, why don't you start uh, first? just because it's the longest history furthest back is this Do you uh,
0: even
3: have, is like, this parents, a parents grandparents
1: <laughs> i thought you were discussing. <laughs> wow. uh kevin you're you're speaking specifically to um college and and upper level or like whenever? even if, i
2: mean if 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 no one before you graduated from high school it could just be high school um just just that sentiment i'm just trying to see something yeah
1: see, yeah yeah um so <laughs> <laughs> shut up kwan so i i can't say that i remember um <laughs> oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> um i i remember so what i do remember and what i do know was there was an importance in a mo- an important place in my education uh i went to private school um it was not free right i did not go to the public school i I went to a private school it cost um my parents were making the money that they were making you know not not rich not you know able to do this you know without thinking about it, not pay for it without thinking about it so it came at a cost um i went to uh, certain after school programs because it would help me so i don't know if this answers your question kev but the sentiment was this is important this is something that we want you to do we want you to get this education, because this education will help you. I don't recall that it was ever formally said, but I would kind of um, believe that with the amount of of money put into me, you know, getting what felt like a a better education speaks to or spoke to the importance of of it in their life for me.
2: Did you ever feel like you were carrying the, maybe not the weight, but carrying the, the hopes or like some of that beyond love and well wishes, right? But like some of that kind of Yeah, you gotta be that wishing. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um I did not and um I did not carry that. Uh and I don't I don't know that I ever was told that I was. I think I mean I I knew the education level of my parents and kind of where I fell in that. It was, you know, just well, you're gonna to go to school because that's what you're gonna do, and it was always that. But it's not like you don't want you're gonna put the family on your back and you're gonna take us wherever you go because when you make it, we all make it. It wasn't that. Got it. If that answers your question.
0: Nah, yeah,
2: it does. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, Chris.
0: Um, it was expected that I go to college. My mom went to college. My all my aunts went to college, um, and most of my aunts also have um um. Like like not PhDs but master's degrees. So my mom has a master's degree, so it was expected for my family that I that I go to college. So a lot of my cousins not all of them, but a majority of them actually did go to college, whether they stayed in the graduate or another thing, but it was kinda like what what just happened in my family when we all went to college and he graduated great. If he didn't then you know, it is what it is. But yeah, it was kinda expected in my family. All
2: right. So that bar was set for you? Q. You want yeah. me to answer first, or you want to answer
3: first? Uh, I can answer because so I I think you can put a pin on it and bring up bring up your point. Um, so I, for me, my my grandmother was a registered nurse at a time where nurses had to wear, wear all white. Super and impressive, crazy. That's yeah, very impressive. <laughs> and my grandfather was a war veteran who died. Um, I think my mother was like in her teens. Um. So she was um a badass. She was, you know, yeah. she had quote unquote made it, if you will, um, to the to the point that she was she had been the rock of our family um for at least a generation, um, and had, you know, gotten to the point where she even like set money aside for her grandkids, you know, when they, you know, came of age. So um it was instilled for me from my mother that I needed to go to college because she had gone to college and later in life, she also went and got her master's. So, you know, she stressed to me the importance of getting out here and being able to learn and do more than just, you know, a high school uh, diploma. So um, it, w- it was expected. I can't say from my grandmother specifically that it was like a you gotta do it. It was more like a, I, I encourage you to because it's gonna be beneficial to you. And if you need help, like, I can do what I can.
2: Got it. And yeah, so and and for me, um, my so you know, uh, I never met my grandpa on my dad's side. He passed away from heart problems when I when I wasn't born yet. And then uh, my grandma on my dad's side. Didn't really have that conversation with me, um, but my own my own grand my grandfather like I said he he only had like a seventh or eighth grade education he was a hard worker and you know working hard mopping floors doing whatever uh, eye jobs on the side he can find um, you know got my my mom and her sister to college um, neither of them finished college but he imagine going from a seventh or eighth grade education his work ceiling was uh not the ceiling he this is what he did he probably could have done a number of other things he, he would fix cars on his side and um he worked and what would equi- be the equivalent of today's target right um as like a custodian more or less um and then uh and then me right so um i am the only one of his direct descendants of his kids or grandkids that finished school um on my dad's side my i have one cousin and that like i said the my dad had a sister neither of them finished and then out of their kids she had three kids my dad has two so elijah has a chance and you know the expectation is that elijah goes but elijah may become an entrepreneur whatever um yeah so two you know so um so yeah so for me it was like this is important um you got to do it. Like, you got to be that one. Um, And I'm glad of that pressure, um, but it is pressure. And um, sometimes you need that push. All that to say, it's interesting to see. So, like, you know, I think for Warren and for Chris, maybe Chris more so than Warren, I mean, even all of you guys, (laughs) there was that expectation, like, this has to be done. And whether they kind of put that pressure on you, it was like, you the only one that can do this, or – you have to do this because this is what we do in this family. Um, that has to be done, but shared. And not to say that college is the only way, but passing on, you know, I think I, I was trying to make the point to say that generation knew it was important for education to change, to change the trajectory of your life, right? Like you knew that you needed to do something different um, to be different, to, to, to have more, to go further than once we have that opportunity and, and, and accomplish that education, it's our job mentoring, um, speaking, um, coaching, um, caring about the community that you're in or, or where you grew up to hand that information back. So, um, so that's one of the ways how we overcome this is by, you know, setting the expectation for folks of obviously letting them know, Hey, there, there's enough opportunity for all of us. There's more than one way to do this. Um, I'm here to support you. What do you need from me? Um, and and that's how you kind of begin to change this narrative and 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 instead of it being crabs in a barrel it's 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 you know uh animals in the in a world of plenty i don't know um something cooler um (laughs) but um but you know there's there's there are multiple opportunities and there's there's obviously as we've kind of talked about in different ways there's there's many many different definitions of success but if you can have education and use that education um you know there's like a multiplying effect and you know you get you you get you accomplish something you hand something back someone shares it and boom now we have a community of people who believe who know there's hope who know there's opportunity who knows that we can overcome in numbers and um you know i'll 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 i'll, I'll, I'll stop there for my closing thoughts but but thanks
3: Warren, you do your final thoughts
1: you did i did okay, sure. Thanks for paying attention. For I appreciate
3: that. I just, I just wanted to make sure that those were actually final thoughts. Because I know you but When, you I, I, when I said they
1: were final thoughts?
3: Right at the very end, you were like, I just kind of use this as my final thoughts. That's what you said. Just wanted to make it's sure.
0: Probably acknowledged them as my final thoughts. thoughts. He's wanted to confirm.
3: I just want to confirm. That's it?
0: Appreciate You're you. Y'all You're You're fine. <laughs> yeah, crap. Y'all Yeah, my final thoughts is uh, just, just uplift each other. Um, you know, it's. I know it may be easy for some people to tear down as opposed to encourage, but you know, we encourage each other. Um, you know, reach out a hand, man. Like I'm, I'm, a big believer in that. Just you know, if I see another brother, it doesn't matter what 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 walk of life it is, if I can help out somebody, I'm going to try to help. So hopefully we can get into that mentality of of of, of caring for each other and helping each other as opposed to um, hating. Um, or, you know, it's you versus me mentality is that nobody wins in that mentality. But, you know, I think we all have a mutual accountability for each other. Um, and if we um, work with each other, we'll go further. So that's my final thoughts. Um,
3: for me, um, this kind of reminds me of, of a phrase that I've only kind of started um, using maybe in the last decade or so, but I'm sure it's been around for a long time. The streets are undefeated. Um, and kind of what that means is there's this notion that, you know, um you can't fight the streets, right? Situation may be bad out there, um, and you may want to to do good, but going head on into the quote unquote streets um doesn't really help because kind of to what we're talking about tonight, it's the crab mentality, right? It's you going into the streets is you not getting out of the barrel. It's you going back into the barrel. And the best way to help individuals in that situation is to raise the bottom of the barrel so that they begin to see that, like, it's a lot easier to get out of the barrel than they thought it was. So or to just dismantle the barrel altogether. Um, so you know, as, as my final thoughts in terms of this, this topic and this concept, you know, mentoring does play a huge role. Um, and I won't even belabor that because I think that's, it's pretty obvious and we see that. Um, but I will kind of talk about deconstructing this notion of capitalism that we have as well. It's the, this, this idea that there can only be one mousetrap, you know, the, the better mousetrap is going to win money. Sure. Right. Right but there are multiple mousetraps there are, are multiple ways to be successful or to be significant in this world while you have the opportunity to be on it and you know the the need to feel that as, as though you need to compete against somebody else in order for you to be successful isn't always the case it's not always a reality um, and when you feel that when you feel as though in order for you to get ahead you have to somehow push somebody down or or kind of put them in their place, check yourself and see where that comes from. Because oftentimes you'll you'll find that those thoughts may not actually be your own. And that's really gonna be my final thought. Um once again, Black History Month, shout out to um our girl Shay. I'm sorry, the woman, the lady Shay, Shay Jones,
1: charlise Jones,
3: Mrs. Jones, Mrs. Jones. And her trajectory (laughs) and her her horizon is bright. So I'm uh, nothing short of just you know um, you know uh, proud of of her. Um, For those that don't know, Shea Jones did the costume design. If I'm not correct, yes, sir. um, Costume design for Judas and the Black Messiah. So if you saw those outfits and you felt like oh they really like got that spot on for that period, that's because of Shea.
2: Facts. Philly use own. If uh, if I can quote the great Sean Corey Carter, one of the great American poets, um, you know what I mean, you're gonna need sunglasses. The future is bright. And uh you know, he switched that uh that Chris Style bottle to that ace of spades bottle and he just made a whole bag off of that this week. So, you know, shout out to the old head.
3: <laughs> also, um Shout out and big ups to uh, Tiger
0: Woods. Hope he Ooh. is.
3: Um, Wish you good health. It's good health, good health in that
0: um as well. I I, I would just add Kwan, uh, Shout out to your grandma, man. Like you know, real talk in terms of being a registered nurse in that period of time. Like you know, particularly yeah, is, Black History Month. Yeah, you know, you know, the wife, he's a nurse, and 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 I can tell you that she works with a nurse that has been doing it for a long, long time, and they made her walk through a college-only door. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what that I means, and it's probably the same thing happened to your grandma, so um, the fact that she was a registered nurse back then, like that's an accomplishment, and uh, that's something to be proud of, and that's so a shout-out to her. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, absolutely. That's, that's, do, that's, that's, that's what's up, man. I did, not, I did not know that about you, So about your grandma. So. Yeah,
2: my grandma cool. was a straight-up guy.
0: Yeah, I can tell, man. That's what's up, man.
2: Alright, folks. Well, thank you for listening to another episode of the Fellas 5 Podcast. We uh, want you to tell your friends tell another friend. And um, you can find us on most places where podcasts are listened to. And we look forward to hollering at y'all next week. See ya.